Welcome to Real Talk, Real Women. Coming from a small country in Europe, currently in the US for over 24 years now, here is Ayla Lin. She's a relationship coach for women looking to start over in life after a divorce, a long-term relationship, a toxic love, or any sort of transition, really. And the topic of the day is the three steps toward transitioning out of toxic love. Welcome, Ayla. Thank you very much for being here. Hello, it's great to be here. So my first question is, are you, can you just think about the few big events in your life that shaped who you really are today and try to keep it in a five minutes condensed overview? I know it's, it's hard, but still, we can do it. I will do my best. So when I was 11, I had to make a decision that kind of changed a a trajectory of my life. Um, There was a war in my country and I had to decide whether or not to leave and, and become a refugee. One time I got a letter from my mom who lived in a different city that a stranger was gonna pick us up and take us over the border to meet my aunt. So I literally had to sit down and decide right then and there whether or not I'm going to take that leap. So that decision kind of was the very first turning point in my life where I felt that I needed to be independent, which of course helped me helped me grow up faster. You know, at that time I thought, you know, I want to be an adult quickly. I want to be a- able to make my own decisions and such. And so I kind of took a life by its horns and ever since that day I kind of stepped into the parental role not realizing that all of that aftermath is going to really um, prove detrimental to my you know self-confidence in a sense because being overly independent is really a trauma response and I didn't know that at that time because obviously I was a kid but I've always kind of gravitated toward taking care of other people. You know, that made me an empath and also made me someone who wears my heart on a sleeve, which means, you know, a lot of times when you're an empath, you kind of fall victim to people who abuse you and use you and manipulate you. Right. But because you feel like you need to be nice, you kind of go with the flow. And so I really shaped myself into this empathetic people pleaser. Mm, <laughs> I hear people pleaser and I hear, ooh. Exactly. So that's a red flag. You know, and that means that you literally become a shape shifter. A shape shifter. Yes. So you, you shift ad- long? You shift, you adapt to other people oh. and you kind of lose a sense of self. Mm-hmm. And then at one point in my, in my um, time when I was in my 20s, I've realized that I have poured so much of me into other people that as I looked in a mirror, I didn't know who I was anymore. I understand that. You that's, know, that's, a, that's up, a special moment when you look at this. Like, it's so really, works. it was really a design sort of a deciding point like okay look I'm in my 20s right now Mm -hmm. 
okay, I'm in this relationship that seems to be really rocky, you know, and I'm not being treated right. I am settling for the fact that I am in a relationship, right? Because we all grew up at the same print of, you know, you grow up, you find someone, you marry, you have a family and right. So it's like the flow of life. Mm -hmm. And so I felt, okay, maybe this person is the person for me. Mm -hmm. And so I invested so much in him mm -hmm. that I completely lost myself. Totally understand that. And, totally understand uh, that. You know, and it just felt like the more I was ignored, mm -hmm. the more I gave off myself. <laughs> as if, you know, giving more is actually going to make him realize that I am the person for him. But, you know, the the manipulation and the abuse and all of that was not really obvious to me because I grew up pleasing people my whole life. So I had nothing else to compare it to. And I thought that that was a healthy thing for me. And so it wasn't until the point where I was pushed against the wall and held by my neck that I realized that I actually. Yeah, exactly. By my throat, basically wow. saying, you know, um, you're not going to leave me. We're meant to be together. But there was no healthy dynamic there. And it was a very scary moment in my life where I'm like, okay, this is this is not what I want. And this is not who I want to be, you know. And so even now I get choked up just, just thinking oh. about it because I don't really talk about these, these types <laughs> of things anymore because I have moved on. But just, just the thought of it, you know, being so young and innocent and not really knowing or always feeling like you have to be someone that gives everything and does not have to ask for anything because somehow that's, you know, that's uh, selfish. You know, that's how I live my life because, to understand. you know, when you're programmed to, to please everybody else and to, to just, you know, abide by, by the things that they need, that they want, they say, mm -hmm. kind of mm -hmm. go with the flow, not wrong person. And mm -hmm. it really, it's, um, it yeah. damaged me in so many ways. You know, I didn't get to accomplish things that I wanted to accomplish you right. know because it was always they're more important than I am I I mean there are so many red flags in what you have experienced in terms of toxic relationship um indeed being held by the throat against a wall and being said we are meant to be together you are never going to leave it's like the most untrust, untrusting act of manipulation, which is even an act of violence um, that you can experience. And that scares you to the core because you think at that moment in time, oh, he has right of life or death on me. Meaning that you totally, totally, give your power to that person. And the truth is that it's men, women equals. It's not a, it's not a question of gender. It happened with, uh, for you for, uh, with a man. Other people happens with other genders and, it, and everything in between, even all the LGBTQ uh, community is not exempt 
from these dynamics because these dynamics can even be between human beings and can either be uh, as well be between animals it is a dynamic that mm. is detrimental that's right and actually it's detrimental for both it's not only detrimental for the person who is abused it's also detrimental for the person who is abusing because that person also feels like a flutter of emotions and things to say oh, that doesn't work and I don't trust and, and, and I don't know what to do with her and I try to keep her but I don't know and things like that and it's scary when you realize that you might be in an imminent danger you mm-hmm. know from that person that mm-hmm. you felt that you could trust mm-hmm. that you could love and so it's like you have that love-hate relationship mm-hmm. in the sense of you know there are days where they're great and there are days where they're just horrible And then you start to gaslight yourself in saying, well, it's not too bad. It's not that bad. At least I'm not being hit. There's no bruises and this and that. And so I ended up deciding to go to school and study psychology to figure out people. Very good. Amazing, amazing idea. And so I figured, hey, maybe if I knew how to talk to people and how to really understand them that I would be able to shift things around in my relationship. So at Mm -hmm. that time, we were no longer together. I mean, I sent him on his way. And that was just a whole another story where he was just stalking me, meeting me at work, blocking, you know, entrance to my car, and all these things. But finally, he moved on to another woman, another victim, unfortunately. And so I kind of you know, decided, okay, I'm going to go into the whole psychology aspect of it. And that was sort of a turning point for me to, to really become obsessed (laughs) with human behavior and to study these things. At that time, there was no talk about narcissistic personality disorder. It did Mm. not, like, it didn't cross my mind. And it's really not a curriculum in psychology at all at least not in the undergrad. So I could look at the behavior patterns and determine that they're manipulative and they're a little bit of toxic, but there was no real definition for that at that time. And so the more I kind of immersed myself in this, the more I got to understand people. But then at the same time, I discovered that I was having a certain pattern with with men so my next boyfriend was just as toxic. However, <laughs> wasn't, he wasn't a overt narcissist. He was a covert narcissist. Uh, narcissist. So mm-hmm. there's a difference, right? Mm-hmm. The other one was very charming and very outgoing and very extroverted. Whereas this one was just a victim, you know, poor me, you know, you need to cater to me. It was just so draining and it just seemed like we went from one side to the polar opposite and so there were inconsistencies in my study from this man to this man and so I thought okay maybe he's different maybe he just needs me to nurture him more you know and so on and so forth and then it became that manipulation, you know, calling me every day, calling me at work, needing always to be, you know, dropped off somewhere, picked up somewhere. He lost his driver's license, didn't have a car. He didn't have money. Could he borrow this? Could he do that? And it was just a constant thing, you know, where 
I looked at myself again and I'm like, why am I falling for these type of men? Like what is going on here? Mm -hmm. And every day, every day I'd be drained more and more and more. And I would go to school and I would meet my friend and I would recharge my battery. Cause mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. when you start your day, your battery is full. And then as you go through, through your day, your adaptation energy gets depleted mm -hmm. and Toxic people can deplete your energy. And I was Instantly. around so many toxic people. Yes. And that time at work as well, mm -hmm. you know. So I've been victim of uh, narcissists in, in, in my childhood, in my relationship, and in my professional life. And it just seems like, what's going on? Like, why am I attracting these type of people into my life? Mm -hmm. And so I looked into it and I'm like, wait a minute. I am the common denominator here. Definitely. Oops. I am the common denominator here. And ouch, that was like a slap in the face right there. But it was it was a reality check that was much needed for me. So I was 24 at that time. So that is your shift moment. That light that bulb. That was my shift. That was my shift. I was oh, wow. 24 and I realized I'm like, okay. In order for me to figure this out, and at that time, I actually kind of bounced between my boyfriend and my home. And so being at home was, was not healthy either. I was dealing with a lot of issues with my parents. Um, and it was just really deciding, like, what do I need to do? I decided to go no contact with everybody. So it was okay. It was going to be nine months that I'm going to devote to myself to figure out why am I attracting all these people into my life. But in order to do that, we have to remove ourselves from that environment completely. Fortunately, I didn't have any kids at that time. So it's an easy transition for me, but nevertheless, cutting everybody off was a reality check for me. And it was a shock. And it took me about a week to really come to my senses. Like, what am I doing here? Like, you know, this is so selfish. And I had to remind myself that in order to heal, I have to be away from that environment that's making me sick. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this selfish word is something that is actually breaking us instead of building us and the antidote to selfishness is self-care self-love self-compassion self self-everything self-esteem self-confidence because a healthy relationship with self destroys the selfish accusation from people needing your attention 24 7 Exactly. Because this is from, I mean, the people who are calling you selfish are the one needing your attention. Yes. And they're saying that because they want to make you feel bad about the fact that you're putting yourself first, that you're putting yourself as priority. So that was definitely one of the things that I struggled with for a very long time as I went through my journey of healing, because healing is not linear right? Mm -hmm. We have ups and downs. Mm -hmm. And when you choose that, you have to literally wake up every morning with the intention to choose yourself. Beautiful. Beautiful. It's so important. 
Thank you. Thank you for clarifying all these elements. And thank you for being so genuine and authentic. That helps so many people. You cannot even imagine how many people are just like, thank you for speaking truth to me, right? It's important to be authentic. It really is because what I've seen with so many not just women, but men as well, you know, willing to share, but they mm. also feel it. I mean, you know, um, a lot of us are just walking through life wearing masks because yes. we're afraid of being judged. We are afraid of, of being, being hurt, right? Because nobody wants to be abandoned. Nobody wants to be neglected for being themselves. So a lot mm. of times, we fall victims to the outside circumstances because we allow it to happen, mm -hmm. right? Because we've been conditioned to always look on the outside for that fulfillment. Mm -hmm. And looking at yourself, I say that turning a lens on yourself is the hardest thing, right? Because we all got eyes, but we're all looking out, right? You can only see what's going on around you, but you can't see what's going on around here. So when you look in your mirror and you tell yourself, okay, the change starts with me. That's when the real work begins. That's where you are taking off that mask, stripping it all down and literally peeling layer by layer off yourself, figuring things out. And the very first step is, is to understand that you got to be gentle with yourself, that you got to forgive yourself for not allowing yourself to be yourself. Does that make sense? Absolutely, completely. So Ayla, what are these three steps toward transitioning out of toxic love? Because now, I mean, we have clarified everything, how it is, how it feels like, how to recognize it and everything. And now I can hear all our audience saying, so you said there are three steps. What is it? What should I do? All right, so the very first step, let me look at my notes here. So the very first step is really to understand that when you're in a relationship with a manipulative person, that you are in what's called a trauma bond. Mm. It's the hot and cold that creates this, this bond. And so you can see these things, like let's say you have a great day with them and they're doing things that you wanna do and you're just falling in love with them again and all over. And then the next day they pull back, they are ignorant, they're devaluing you, they are calling you names, they're criticizing you, right? And it's like, you know, that hot and cold of, okay, this person, one day is this way, and then this person is this way the next day. And it's like, who are you? You're two-faced and I can't figure you out. And what that does, it creates a chemical reaction in our body that actually makes us crave it more. And so in order to break that, you got to understand that you are going to have to remove yourself from that person. A lot of these toxic bonds are because people have been isolated from friends and life 
a lot of women end up giving their jobs because they want to be stay-at-home moms, right? Which is the breeding ground for narcissistic abuse, for financial abuse, for emotional abuse, and even physical abuse. Absolutely, it is. Mm -hmm. But exactly. it's not only, but it is. Because what it does, it cuts you off from the world. It cuts off all your resources, right, to the outside world so that he or she can manipulate you into believing their reality. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of gaslighting going on. There's a lot of stonewalling going on. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of cognitive dissonance on your part as a victim because mm -hmm. you try to justify these things. Mm -hmm. But the best way to assess that is how they treat other people when you're on the outside Definitely. with them. So let's say, are they the same person on the outside as they are behind closed doors? That is a big thing. There was mm -hmm. so much in fear of that closed door. The lock of the door just every time gave me goosebumps of fear, wondering, okay, what's going to happen now? Because and you're on a constant fight and flight, constant. right? Like the nervous system is dysregulated. Exactly. And a few years later, when I, uh, after I left that, that second toxic relationship, like 15 years, so it's like, okay. I got enough and I started to, to date and to stay and to fall in love with my third last and dream husband, Sasha. I would say like, I don't know, a few months after we started, one day he just like locked the door and told me on a uh, lower tone, okay, Gemma, we have to talk. I cannot tell you how fast I was to lock myself in the bathroom trembling almost crying of ptsd because of that exact triggered you that totally triggered you. and 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 um and actually what he wanted to tell me is tonight there are uh, uh um uh, flying stars let's let's look at that together that was the whole conversation but when he saw that reaction he thought to himself oh wow she's far not healed yet we have still a lot of work to do together yes i mean <laughs> you know that is one of the things so you said you know when i had enough mm. that's basically the turning point for so many mm -hmm. like i had enough right like i'm sick and tired of it and when you get to that point where you had enough you know that you're emotionally checked out mm -hmm. of that relationship yes you may care for them but you're no longer in love Right, no, for sure not but anymore. still, there's that trauma bond that keeps you there, mm -hmm. right? So it's it's a real battle figuring that out. So mm -hmm. when you get to the point where you're like, I had enough, that is the time where you need to look on the outside for support system, and that is the second step. Exactly. So basically, lining up the support system is crucial. Mm -hmm because you not only open up a window to uh, make new connections, to find out opportunities on where to go, because so many are trapped. They have been moved across the country. They don't have any families. They don't have any support. And they feel that because of that, they can't get out. They feel trapped. So when you reach out on the outside, you have a better opportunity to find someone that can potentially help you. And the way I see that, because a, a lot of men don't like women to go looking for work because that means that they're going to gain financial independence, right? 
what you can do is you can look for PTA, for nonprofit organization volunteering, for community events, something, or maybe even taking a class of some sort. Because what that does, it doesn't necessarily rock the boat while you're in your home, while you're living together, but it gives you an opportunity to talk to other people. So what I did initially is I was so intertwined with everything that was going on and I was in such a dark cloud that when you're in that headspace, it's really hard to see a way out. It is, I guarantee so, it is. So when you create this, this, this little window of opportunity where you meet other people, where you actually have connected with the outside world, then you get that glimpse of light in your dark cloud where you're like, okay, so there is an opportunity. So what I did is first, I got myself a PO box, which is basically a mailbox where I would defer all my mail that was coming to my home to the PO box. And only I would have access to that. Second, I got myself a storage unit where basically every day before I left home, I took a box away and stored it there. I even went as far as buying things for a new home, a toaster, a microwave and stashing it there. And I did that for about six months or so because I've decided, okay, I'm going to be leaving at that certain date. Oh, you decided the date. A, oh, yes. So I decided, okay, six months from now, on that day, I'm leaving. There is no coming back. It's now or never, so to speak, right? And so I lined these resources up for myself to be There is no sound anymore. I hope it's coming back. I can already. So once I packed all of that up, I knew that at some point, you know, now I have these things in the storage. When I find a place, I can start moving things over. But I had no idea where I was going. I had no place to go. So I looked around at motels, hotels that had sort of extended stay option. And I figured, okay, maybe I can stay there for a few weeks. But it's interesting how when you make a decision, universe, God, whoever it is that you believe in has a way of just making, making a path for you. As I was doing all of this, I came into talking to a friend of mine and I said, hey, I'm looking for a place, you know, if anybody needs a roommate, because obviously I couldn't afford things on my own. And sure enough, she told me that, oh, by the way, my neighbor decided last night that she wants to have a roommate. <laughs> last night, right? <laughs> the conversation happened and she said, you'd be perfect for her. And of course I had no money to put down for deposit. I, I had very, very little saved up and that was for the rainy days, you know, it was like stashing things away, putting things away. Cause a lot of times everything is monitored. And so I went and met with that person 
And she gave me a key right on the spot. She said, do not worry about deposit first month, last month's rent, whatever, all that nonsense. Just move in safely. And that's what I did. You are blessed. That's what I did. But you are blessed, but you called in the blessing. You are blessed because you called in the blessing. It's really, it's really when you decide to do something regardless, like kind of take a leap of faith. Mm -hmm. Take a leap of faith because you know that you're not running away from something, you are moving towards something better. Totally. So basically you prepared, the third step is preparing your exit plan. By preparing your exit plan, you need to put away in the storage unit, all your stuff. You or did. if you have a friend who can store it for you, basically. That works too. Yes, but one of the things that really um, I made sure is to actually get a PO box. So if there is a way to have like your mail go somewhere, because once you get a storage, you have to have your address, right? Like mm-hmm. you gotta have a way to move things around because all of that can be traced. And we all know that manipulative people have a way of playing PIs, right? Private investigators, and they can trail you and all these things. So it's just making sure that you have a safe exit is crucial, mm-hmm. especially if kids are involved. If kids are involved, that's a whole another story. Now, depending legalities are you married if you're married taking kids away can constitute kidnapping here in the united states Mm -hmm. i don't know how that is in other countries but you got to make sure that you consult legal advice before you move on in that direction Mm -hmm. and one of the things that is crucial is to document any incidents that are happening document yes document 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 everything. so this is the part for anybody who has kids document everything and if things get physical report it to the police so many so many cases of abuse do not go reported of course not because we, and are, we, so are, when we you go course. to file let's say a restraining order mm or you would reach out to like a mental institution or, you know, to go file a police report, for example, then they say, well, there was no record of any type of domestic violence, right? But if you go on and you file a report, then there's something on record. And the other way where you, the other place where you can file a report or at least mention it is in your medical file because yes. they are going to look for medical proof or yes. this report and also and and witnesses this is how you're going to prove your case if you have to go to the point of proving your case mm-hmm. if you're not just like believed and, and 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 awarded whatever you need and and not awarded i mean i would say granted I mean, granted, exactly, exactly. So um, a lot of times women, what what they have done is because, you know, obviously they live in the same home and there's not a whole, a lot of room for them to move around or go file a restraining order or or just remove themselves from that place. It's hard for some people. It really is. So when you do file a police report, you can also request a psychology eval for the spouse. Evaluation, yes. basically and sometimes they take them in 
and and so while they are there let's say they're kept overnight for observation yes that's the time where you have the window to remove yourself from the premise that is one of the options yes exactly so it's it's really figuring out where you are what your resources are you know what works best for you but having having that support system is is crucial mm -hmm. you know whether it's a family member or a friend or someone where you can seek shelter with oh yeah or even if you don't have them there are shelters that may provide temporary stay for you yes there are there are some like so i mean it's a really case by case scenario definitely Mm -hmm. So if I summarize, because we still have to go to an end, oh, sorry that's, about that. So okay. transitioning out of toxic love in three steps. One, breaking the trauma bond, deciding to leave, so making the decision. Two, lining up your support system, all the people who are going to help you emotionally, psychologically, and more. And financially and financially and, and maybe a house house somewhere i don't know and three prepare your exit plan have a plan at least be ready to jump out safely especially when you are in big town and even when you are in a small one you need to have you need nothing you have the opportunity becoming aware of your situation deciding to leave and then prepare preparing your exit that is that is the way to go if you can some other cases of course and i totally agree with you some cases there is no preparation possible one day it's too much and you just leave and you figure it out and when you leave without anything prepared as it was my case i guarantee you a pass appear in front of your feet one day after another it's truly magical and objectively it's just quantum physics at work <laughs> it does it work really it really it's, is i mean it has a way of just working itself out it's gorgeous so either you 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 prepare it six months in advance like isla or you just leave on june 15 and by the way we are june 15 and we are exactly like nine years after i left today is the anniversary date it's oh, like wow. ah, well, happy anniversary it happens freedom. oh that's gorgeous <laughs> it's only freedom like freedom love respect harmony i mean oh my gosh and it's gorgeous there is there is a new life on the other side there i is. promise you that i mean now i've been married happily Yes. I have two wonderful kids. Oh. I'm doing what I love. I get Gorgeous. to meet people like yourself Amazing. that just lights my heart on fire. And it's 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 incredible how much you can learn from what you have gone through and how important your story is. Initially, I thought that my story wasn't anything special. But now that I talk about it and I've talked to so many women and even, you know, those that I worked with and helped escape, um, you know, it, it really, it kind of made it worth in the sense of having gone through that experience because, oh, really? you know, now I know how to guide them mm -hmm. to their mm -hmm. life of freedom and joy and love. Mm -hmm. Gorgeous. Ayla, it's such a 
honor, a pleasure. It's heartwarming to have you on this show. Thank you very much. Thank and you, really, for having me. I really appreciate all the wisdom that you have gathered over the years and, and so happy for you. You have a good life now. That, that is safe, right? And good. Likewise. I mean, you have a lot to show for as well. So thank you. Yay to us. Exactly. Yay <laughs> to us. Like <laughs> high five. <laughs> Gorgeous. Thank you very much. And I look forward to talking thank with you. you again very soon. Likewise. Bye-bye for now. Bye.